0: welcome to another episode of the golden hour podcast
1: that's right episode 166 166 baby we got the last one wrong yeah our bad our bad we thought we were farther along i was like wow 168 we're doing great uh wrong uh 166 166 not to be confused with the demonic number 666 yeah yeah not to be confused with that at all by the way um uh, this music we're grooving today oh yeah we are grooving if you know you know Wee shop bling am I right? <laughs> Anyone? Well now now they know <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah the, the old uh, the old Wii music dude, whoever wrote the Wii mu- music back in the day, that guy was vibing. Oh my God I mean geez, it's just just go listen to some Wii music guys like you won't regret it seriously.
0: All of it. this is the Wii Shop channel music.
1: yeah, give them a little taste of the the Wii sports. I mean that's just that's the one everyone really knows. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So good. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is for you, Zach.
0: <laughs> we are here in Nashville, Tennessee. Connor McCaskill, Dave Mays, and Malachi Salee running the switcher. Yeah. <laughs> here to talk about cameras, gear, and other and, things. <laughs> and things that we decide we want to talk about.
1: Yeah. Speaking of things that we want to talk about that are gear and other things uh we made a review we did yeah
0: the roto light video
1: nice little fade out there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: so we did a video on the gear channel gear guy
1: absolutely about the new roto light yeah we had the uh eos 2 and the uh neon neon 3 pro uh, yep. both them the pro units um british company Pretty pretty solid light. It's pretty yeah. pretty feature complete. Um,
0: this is a sponsored video. They sent us the lights to do a review um, um, and promote their Indiegogo campaign, which yeah. is fully funded. Very yeah,
1: it's well funded. Um, <laughs> their goal was about seventeen grand, and they are sitting at eighty three point five thousand dollars uh so yeah. they're doing they're doing very well so definitely check them out if you're interested in some decent lights
0: some hybrid lights in particular um and by that i mean that these are the only lights that i've ever seen that have the ability to you know be a video light which we're actually using right now we're using the little uh neo 3 on my left and then the uh AOS yeah this is the neo 3 hey yeah. very nice yeah, it's pretty
1: cool. Showing it on camera right now. Yeah.
0: It's it's a nice little compact light. We're using this as a little uh fill.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and then the AOS 2 Pro, which is our main uh key light. Yeah. Very impressed with the screen, the touch screen. I like that. It's yeah. got some special special effects modes. But the thing that I love about it, um that I will never use, but (laughs) that makes it unique is the fact that you can sync it to a flash. Right. So if you are a photographer, you can sync it to your Godox Mm -hmm. flash system. Um, I don't really know anything about flash, but it's pretty cool. It's also got kind of like a light meter setting where you can set your aperture and your ISO settings, and then it'll adjust the flash. Or the light for whatever
1: distance you are from your subject as well. Yeah. Uh, it's actually it's it's pretty interesting. So definitely go check out the YouTube video uh, if you haven't already. But basically, because this one light can
0: kind of do so many things, right? In a lot of ways, it's one light to rule them all. Am I right, Connor?
1: I think I would agree with that. So
0: uh, our initial thumbnail design was <laughs> basically <laughs> modeled off of that concept. Yeah,
1: One light to rule them all. We were uh, we we're definitely on the Lord of the Rings kick lately, considering the uh, Rings of Power show. And then you were watching uh, the entire trilogy, right? Yes. You finished that?
0: My wife and I, because of the show, we're you know hungry for more right. and we decided to go through the the original films and boy do they hold up they are one of the few older films that like it's still just as great as they ever as they always were
1: that's it i mean truly film masterpiece by the way uh, yes. for our audio listeners what we are looking at right now is uh, David and myself as Samwise Gamgee uh, and uh, it's a Gam Gam G- Gamgee Gamgee G- Gam-G, Gam-G. yeah. <laughs> and Frodo and Frodo Baggins uh, <laughs> in Mordor and the AOS 2 Pro is uh, being displayed here as the Eye of Sauron. Yes, and then we have the uh, Neon 3 Pro uh, uh. as the Ring of Power around uh, Sam i.e. Dave's neck.
0: Yes, and we, we added some smoke effects and some vignettes and some you know light shining. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I if you're looking at it on the podcast, you're listening to the podcast, look at your phone right now. We'll make it the cover art. Yes. Um, so you can see it on your phone if, if your podcast player supports that. Um, I think Apple Podcasts and Overcast do that, which are our primary listeners. Um, so yeah, And if you want to watch the video, of course, you can see that. But um, our intro to the video also reflected that of the thumbnail because we had to kind of... We came up with it last minute after we shot the whole video. We're like, we should do Lord of the Rings theme. Yeah. Uh, So we just... One light to rule them all. So yeah, we just kind of added that in there. And then we never addressed it ever again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. this This was a late night endeavor. We were giggling to ourselves. And uh, we had some fun with it. Although, if you go to the video now, uh, that is not the thumbnail because we were informed that maybe, just maybe, the product isn't very clearly displayed yeah, and it's maybe. hard to tell what the video is about.
0: Yeah, so now we have just a basic standard uh, thumbnail like everyone else. Yeah,
1: uh, it's just on a color color backdrop and it's very clear and uh, you're welcome. <laughs>
0: Unless moving forward you guys disagree and want us to uh, just put our faces on different movie uh, frames and that just becomes our thing. Yeah. But the main goal of this channel, the Dave Mays Reviews channel, is to simply pump out reviews um, about just all the products that we find interesting and just stay as consistent as possible. To yeah, obviously get as many views
1: as we can. So yeah, we're bringing it, bringing it back. Turn it on the machine.
0: Yeah, and uh, you added a new feature uh, in our edits here. Yeah, um, maybe a warpy, new staple. The warpy model face. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. coming up here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so basically, there's a bunch of B-roll from the Rotolite campaign of photographers taking pictures of models. Yeah. And it's kind of dorky, and uh, so Connor. It's, it's
1: very serious, and you know they're making their model faces, which is fine, and it's funny, and they're you know they're like, mm, yeah, I look good, you know, and I was like, do you look good? And then I you know distorted their faces because uh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, no, no uh, ill intent towards the people. I just thought that that was funny.
0: This one in particular is my favorite, where she's like doing all these little moves. One, two, yeah. three four <laughs> but basically every time you see a model in this video just about their face is uh completely
1: distorted oh i didn't distort your face and you are a model dave so oh thank you i should have i should have i'm sorry didn't mean anything by it
0: when we were watching back the rough cut you're like ah oh, i missed one yeah we had to, like put it back in there and everything so
1: i think i actually missed one more but i was like okay it's past midnight now i don't care yeah exactly <laughs> i don't care anymore
0: but yeah, it was, you know, we're just getting the getting the wheels turning. Oh yeah, there you go. There's a good one. <laughs> getting those gears going. Yeah, um, just getting getting the videos going here. It's actually kind of amazing that it looks like you warped the reflection as well. You know,
1: I'm gonna claim that I did that, uh, but I, it might just be the reflection uh, being distorted. But yeah, no, it does look it does look quite convincing, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> That's quite amazing. So. Um moving on to some updates to some rumors. Yeah. Uh we have the R six, just some more specs. Uh R six two. It's coming out. Not much changed here um, that, from the last episode. But um if you want to read that, you can check it out on canonrumors.com. Yeah.
1: I don't think there is anything particularly new other than there's something about like camera raw focus or something. Which yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what that means. So Um, Yeah, mostly the same. Uh, And then, of course, we do have a little bit more information, just a just a twinge more information about the Sony A seven R five. Yes, and that's just the price, um, which is coming in at three thousand nine hundred and ninety nine. Just make it four grand, please. Yeah, euros. So So it's in euros,
0: about four thousand dollars, which is cheaper than the A one. I believe that one is six.
1: six six grand. Maybe um, a little more.
0: And this has very similar specs to the A1. I think that it's going to be interesting to see how Sony positions this new camera in their lineup. Because right. the A1 also has an 8K sensor and um, a lot of the you know super advanced autofocus and all that. But the new A75 has, it says, totally new AI deep learning autofocus, which right. I've never heard of. And it also has eight stops of IBIS, which is more than the older ones
1: right yeah i mean and Uh, the sony ibis is already incredible i mean it's arguably the best on the market especially for full frame cameras so um eight stops ibis let's see let's see what that entails the um ai deep learning autofocus is could be interesting Uh, we'll have to see what that all means um you were talking about
0: I feel like the autofocus has been kind of dumb for a while. It's it's very good at tracking subjects when you touch it and then it just tries to stay on that subject as much as it can. Yeah. But it's not really smart about it. It doesn't I mean there's definitely some AI going on uh in other cameras and they've started to add things like animal eye autofocus and stuff like that, but
1: Yeah, it's able to kind of detect it's like this is human and or living thing probably focus on this but as soon as something gets in the way or mm. something like that it, it like forgets yeah right? that's essentially what you're saying is that exactly it forgets what it was focused on then it'll start hunting around and then maybe it'll lock back on maybe it won't sometimes it thinks random things in the frames are faces so it's still something that we have an issue with so i was thinking that maybe it would be cool if it could recognize maybe even just temporarily but you could do like recognize subjects or faces so mm-hmm. like if it focuses on you you know, I can program that. It's like your subject one and then it focuses on me, that's subject two, and then that's something you can switch and post and it'll remember you. So if, Ooh, it's, yeah. if you say only focus on subject one, if you leave frame, it stops focusing. If you enter frame, it continues to focus, even if another human enters the frame. That would be great. Something interesting like that. I don't know. I'm just making all this up right now. Yeah, basically, I think we
0: just need more AI going on with the autofocus um, because humans are pretty easy to put in a computer. They yes. have arms and a head and legs and, you know, yeah. uh, for the most part. And so um, I think th- as these cameras continue to, to develop and get smarter and smarter, um, we'll be able to just use them more and more reliably, which is great. Yeah. We're definitely at a stage now where autofocus is absolutely, for video in particular, mm-hmm. autofocus is absolutely a, um, a tool that filmmakers even should adopt right um i still work with a guy named uh you know, well chris chris haggerty yeah we work with him with soundstripe and he has a c500 and he never uses autofocus he always really? uses manual focus yeah and he goes on shoots and he often has cinema lenses with a focus puller yeah and i mean so nothing wrong that, with that nothing wrong with in that, that world that makes the most sense because that is actually more reliable than autofocus because a human is always going to be smarter than uh, than the camera in terms of knowing creatively where the creatively yeah. should
1: be right. But, but like, I was like, eh, humans are always smarter than machines. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but when it comes to if it's just simply tracking a human subject in the frame, if if you're able to reliably track a subject right. and it stay locked because it's using AI. That's going to probably be more accurate than a a focus puller. Right. Especially if they're just walking around randomly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the C500 autofocus is is great. I love the Mm -hmm. autofocus in the C500. Used it a lot when I was shooting with Armando back in the day when he was still with Canon. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, really cool. Before he turned to the dark side. To the Sony And then the
0: A7 IV also has
1: the flip screen. It's confirmed
0: officially. So Great. You know, again, I, I, I'm going to be interested to see where Sony positions this in the lineup.
1: I also just said, I just noticed that it says uh, AI-assisted white balance as well. Oh, interesting. So I wonder what that means. Um, white balance, auto white balance has always been kind of bad. Yeah, you, you just never use it ever. So I wonder if,
0: yeah, wow, that'll be interesting to see that.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't notice that till just now, so.
0: Hm. That's something that we kind of don't think about, that we like, we need it. We need better auto white balance. Like, ideally, I would love to just not ever adjust white balance (laughs) and just, like, turn the camera on and not have it shift and do all that. Yeah. Like, if we we had the R5 on auto white balance right now, there's a chance that as we were filming, it would just slowly shift it to another mode or whatever
1: yeah like something slightly starts changing in the frame and it starts shifting around and then later you're having to color correct for that and then you're doing like keyframe color shifts to counteract it's annoying
0: yeah but i think there's a world where white balance auto white balance could be possible for video if it was smart
1: yeah yeah with and potentially with Sony's AI white balance, who knows? Maybe we'll see that. So I'm I'm very curious to see what this camera does. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a weird one because, like you said, the A1 is already a thing. So it's like, what are they? Where are they going to position mm-hmm. it? What do these AI systems mean? We really don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure the A7 IV is kind of like the R5 of Sony. It's it's really kind of the main the main camera in a lot of ways because photographers tend to flock to the R model
1: that's a good point and it's also priced competitively to the r5 because that was the one thing about the r5 that was great is in the sense if you wanted 8K, yeah uh, it was one of the cheaper options because the a1 was six grand compared to four thousand dollars so yeah exactly it could just be a pure competition camera
0: but we are getting an 8k crop so we'll have to see how much of a crop that is right. on this camera but who's shooting 8K except gerald undone anyway.
1: yeah <laughs> True. True. He uses the
0: A1 and AK, I believe. Does he really? That's yeah. amazing. I need to put his uh, sound on our soundboard. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's I only crazy. Yeah, I only have uh, McCannon. What's up, everybody?
1: So yeah. very Good. echoey, not super crisp audio. Uh, audio.
0: I know that's basically just ripped from a video. I I tried to find the cleanest "What's up," but I couldn't find it. So that's the only no, one. It's not "What's up." Everybody?
1: It's not "What's up." It's p- what's up. Yeah. Obviously. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was some big news
1: that, uh it's not big It was just like That's interesting news. News. it's big news to you i would say because i was nerding yeah, out yeah considering the topics of the last few podcasts that we've had um yeah yeah, Why you
0: say you yeah, it. It. yeah so leica announced the new old leica m6
1: yeah it's a new film camera mm-hmm uh it's a redesign or i guess a would you call it a redesign because no. it's kind of a similar design it's just a re
0: there's no redesign it's the m6
1: <laughs> uh it's different materials so um high, yes they higher, up- higher quality parts yeah they upgraded
0: uh, the
1: yeah so I'll, I'll a refresh if you will
0: a refresh uh a um yeah it's basically there's a word for
1: that <laughs> i can't think of it
0: Basically, the Leica M6, and I talked about it before, is kind of heralded as one of the quintessential Leicas. Right. It's more of like a working man's Leica, whereas some of the other ones are even higher end and glossier and sexier and more expensive. And when the fil- hashtag film is not dead thing started blowing up, the Leica M6 was actually the more affordable and practical Leica to get. You could get them for like a thousand to fifteen hundred uh, a couple years ago,
1: which for a Leica is really cheap.
0: Yeah, compared to you know, if, if you were getting started into film photography and you wanted a Leica, there
1: was the MP, but that was like fifty five hundred dollars. Or you could buy like any other film camera for thirty bucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the time, but it is there's a difference. There's a difference.
0: But now, because I guess just word got out that these are great little cameras. Um, and even though they were the cheaper, like build compared to the brass and some of those things, mm-hmm. um, they just got so wildly popular over the last couple of years that now they're going for like thirty five hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, I, um, think, I think it's just film. Anything in general has just skyrocketed in price. Ever I mean, since like COVID, even like just a Canon uh, or a Nikon film camera from back when they're like three four hundred bucks now, sure. which for an old film camera. Is a lot of money yeah. uh, considering you could buy one for like under a hundred bucks, you know, a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, I know. So, but basically the problem with buying a retro camera, especially a, an old, a 30 year old camera that you're paying essentially $4,000 for yeah, is like for only a thousand or $1,500 more, you can get a brand new, the MA or the MP that mm-hmm. I was sharing about in previous episodes. Right. And so at that point, it's like, is it really worth risking buying this 30-year-old camera?
1: And with Leica, Leica would still service that older 30-year-old camera, right? Yes. Um, But I don't know how much they charge for that. So you might be paying quite a bit of money to send it off and get them to... Yeah. fix it up just for you to then have been able to buy a brand new one like you're saying
0: yeah at that point if you're going to spend a thousand dollars in repairs you've you've essentially spent five thousand dollars <laughs> which all of this is like ridiculous I, and i'm and i, I just want to preface this that i am not planning on buying this camera i don't have the money to do that yeah
1: because it's uh fifty five hundred dollars or six so grand
0: it's fifty two hundred. Oh, okay so it's a little cheaper than oh, fifty fifty three yeah so it's fifty three hundred it's fifty two ninety five. Yep. So basically, well, nice. we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay. So what Leica did is they posted this video the other day. Yep. And it just was called Leica M six. Write your story. And I was like, Well, why is Leica posting a video called Leica M six in twenty twenty two? That yeah. camera came out in the eighties.
1: Yeah. Could have been a documentary.
0: Yeah, uh, so I was like, oh, cool, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. I'd love to see it. 84, and then, by the way. In this video that we're watching right now, you see these Leica engineers building uh, something. Right. And they're looking at parts, and they're putting things together. And it's, but now, yeah, at a certain point, you're like, wait a minute, that's like a new piece, or they're building a new piece, or that's the top plate of an M6 that somebody is building currently. And I started thinking, I was like, no way! <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And apparently, yeah. this has been a rumor for the last two years that they've been doing this. Oh, really? Um, but I wasn't aware of that. And uh, it's it's actually a really fascinating, great little video showing the process of, like, they're refining the glass and polishing the brass mm-hmm. and uh, putting it all together. And this is why... They're showing why Leicas are so valuable. It's a mechanical instrument that's designed by hand in Germany. Yeah. Someone
1: and, described it in a way that made some sense to me because I, I was kind of in the same camp. I'm like, I, don't get me wrong. If I could get a Leica, I would buy one, right? Yeah. But um, it is, I've always just been like, it's just kind of expensive for what you get, you know? But someone explained it to me. It's like, it's like a handmade watch. You know, yeah. it's like, it's the same kind of thing. It tells time just like any other watch, but you're paying for the craftsmanship. Yes. Um, and that's exactly what Leica is doing. In
0: fact, I would argue that your Apple watch is a better watch technically than a Rolex.
1: Oh yeah. hundred like, percent. You
0: can do so many more things yeah. just like a digital camera is better than a film camera. Right. Technically speaking, but Rolexes have always existed and they will probably continue to exist for two reasons one they're mechanically perfect and beautiful and in, in those ways yeah. and then and there's always an audience of people that will like enjoy the craftsmanship of that and then there's the the brand itself like the brand is a fashion it's a statement mm-hmm. it's like i can afford this
1: yeah if you if you show up with a rolex people will go oh a rolex
0: <laughs> wow. and so um and i definitely think Leica and based on some of the videos i've seen of some of their shooters that they're highlighting mm-hmm. Leica definitely has that same Leica is the Rolex of the of the camera world yeah 100% it's a lot of very british or <laughs> uh, like hipster or wealthy people right. that use these cameras the
1: dentists of the world
0: most of the shooters that use Leica's like wear like all black like with like a nice blazer mm-hmm. that n- they never have an apple watch like they're always wearing a mechanical watch right they're people who appreciate this type of thing yeah. um and i i wouldn't even i wouldn't classify myself that mm. either so that's why like it's if i was uh like cam Mackey and i had the money like this is a he w- i could see him buying this yeah you
1: know he would buy the um although this uh, is a little too expensive he'd, he'd, he'd buy, buy the reporter one i think actually uh, with the green one Know, right? Uh, cause he, well, he got the, he has the, uh, X100V mm-hmm. Fujifilm and he had like a green skin on it. Yeah. I saw and it a was, video. It was great. It looks so great. How did he get that? Uh, I don't know. I think custom someone did it for him. Okay. Um, by I, the way, Malachi, I think
0: this thing makes a smell. I've noticed no, does it? your little coffee, oh,
1: co- coffee pad, coffee <laughs> pad. Um, hopefully it, it's not, uh, destroying something. I was watching a video this morning with the Leica M6 and this guy, he had it in Germany. I think he was there for the release or something. Uh, Actually, he must have been because I think he mentioned that a Leica engineer was holding the camera for him. So (laughs) probably eyeballing him while he was holding that uh, piece of tech. But every time he was doing something, he was like, (laughs) it was really funny. He's like, I'm holding the Leica M6. I'm now walking up these stairs with the Leica M6. I'm taking a photo with the leica m6 it's like every everything he did with the leica m6 oh my gosh yeah it was really funny well
0: this is uh joe greer so he's he's like he's the hipster guy of their uh influencers yeah local in nashville too and he lives here in franklin uh tennessee but he's like your total he's got the whole look dude he's got the cam Mackey kind of you know, look to... He's got that swagger. He's got the swagger for sure. Yeah. Um, but I must say, I, I've never... I, I actually... A lot of people know who this guy is, apparently. Yeah. Um, I've actually understand. never heard of him. Really? Um, until this video. <laughs> yeah. His stuff is great. <laughs> and he's amazing. Yeah. He's a great photographer. Yeah. And um, it doesn't really matter what camera you shoot on because he he could have got these same photos on any camera. Right. Um, but... I think there is something really valuable about the inspiration that a tool gives you, and right. um, I think we forget often that photography, you know, is definitely it's an art form, and using a tool like this can encourage you to go do things, and it makes you see things in a different way. The whole rangefinder experience, the fact that you're not actually looking through the lens, and you're able to see outside of the frame. And it's just a window. You're Mm -hmm. not looking at a screen. It just gives you a different feel. And there's a bit of magic to it, too, because you're not actually seeing what the lens is seeing. You're just seeing what that little window is seeing. Right. Um, And so when you look at the photos, there's a sense of like you don't know what you're going to get because... Slightly different. It's slightly different than what you saw. Yeah. And so there is a bit of magic to it that I think has a lot to do with this. Is Joe reacting to the new M six or watching a video because he owns the you know an old
1: one. Yeah. It is truly a beautiful camera. Like when you look at it, it, it is gorgeous looking. Um interesting that it is only in black. Now it looks great. Um, but I'm surprised they didn't make a silver one.
0: Yeah, they're very popular in black, and maybe they'll do a uh, maybe they'll do a silver one.
1: They'll probably do a limited um, release if anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, but some of the changes that they made on it compared to the original '80s one is the top plate is now brass, which mm-hmm. uh, but it's anodized, so you're not going to get that patina that you uh, get with the painted ones. Um, so they'll probably feel a little heavier. They've also, you know, Leica has learned a lot about the rangefinder window in terms of um coatings and and things like that so the new m6 has kind of the modern rangefinder things that they've learned so it it's gonna be a brighter and cleaner display i heard
1: it doesn't uh flare as easily exactly
0: yeah um the thing that makes the m6 great and why so many people use it is because it has a light meter built into it again these are all things it's like what Every camera has a light meter, (laughs) but a lot of film cameras don't. And in fact, the one that I was looking at, the MA does not have one at all, Um, which now now that this exists, if I were given the option, I think I would maybe take the the M6 at this point. The new one? Yeah. The MA still looks really clean, but uh, where is it? Uh, These are all the digital ones. Get out of here, digital.
1: Yeah, we don't need you. (laughs) um we already talked about that it's like digital versus film when it comes to a leica i think we both agreed film leicas is where it's at
0: absolutely um but i i did kind of start digging around a little bit more and i found a model that is essentially the ma that i was talking about okay um except way cheaper um the leica m2 so yeah The Leica M2 actually came out after the M3, ironically. Okay, what year ish? Uh, sixty-five ish or whatever. Okay, and so it still has that great look. It's simple. It doesn't have a uh, light meter. Okay. Um, you know, you got to get a good one, but you can get them for like
1: between fifteen hundred to two thousand near mint too, which is nice. So, like you're saying, under two grand.
0: Under two grand yeah if you get lucky you could find one for a good price yeah so to me that's like that's the most i would want to spend honestly is like 15 and then all you
1: got to do is buy a three thousand dollar lens to put on the front of it
0: (laughs) well voigtlander makes some wonderful lenses um i would go with a voigtlander personally uh the 28 uh voigt voigtlander they make these and they're not they're not that bad Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so
1: It's expensive. But $900. What is that? It's a 28 F2.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they also do a 35 as well. That's really nice.
1: Yeah. F2. Uh,
0: they have a bunch of 35. So there's a 1.4, a 2.5. Mm. Uh, this is the one that I would probably get is the 35 F2. It's really tiny. Yeah. And compact. And it matches the camera. And yeah. Everything. It's
1: very aesthetic. It's nice.
0: So I think that's probably what I'll end up doing is getting... One of these, the M2. Yeah. Um, you get that same experience. It's a good way to kind of get your foot in the door a little bit. It's like it's like uh, baby's first
1: Leica. Yeah. Um, well, it'd be your second Leica.
0: Because it would be really dumb to buy a $5,000 <laughs> film camera when I don't do it professionally and like it's not a tool that I'm yeah. getting paid for. I would be, that being said, it will go up in value. I the, would be
1: so afraid of messing it up.
0: Or someone's stealing it.
1: Well, sure, but it, more than anything, just like anytime I set it down on something, or like you know, it's like do you know, I scratch the the black paint and like yeah, that's a uh, someone described it as like a piece of jewelry, and it it kind of is right? yeah. So it's like no, how no. do you protect it and also keep the look of it because you could put it in a leather case that'd be kind of cool yeah. But still,
0: I the it comes down to. When you buy a Leica, you're you're rarely losing that much money. Um, especially these M sixes that are coming out, these new ones, mm-hmm. they're limited to only two thousand. Uh they're they're only making two thousand. Really? So, uh, but they also said that about the MA and then it became a product in their lineup. So if this gets really popular, they may do more. Right. Um, but I saw an interview with one of the guys that works at Leica and he said that They're doing this for the sake of of photography. They're not making any money off of this, ironically. Mm -hmm. It's like even at the price that they're paying to do it or they're they're charging for it, it's like they're they're not making a profit off of this. Just the rangefinder bit is $1,800 from Leica's standpoint of technology and expense.
1: Because they're paying engineers to hand make them.
0: Handmade and just the complexity of the rangefinder itself right. is very, yeah, it's very handmade and they're not making many of them. So yeah, I heard it's like simply that one thing is almost two thousand dollars of cost for Leica.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the cost difference would be if they uh, factory made these.
0: I don't know, but I don't want them to. No,
1: no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wanting them to either. I mean, that would take away the, the allure of them for sure, but. <laughs> I was just curious, like, I wonder what the price drop would be if these were made in a factory.
0: But it is one of these things where it's like, man, that, yeah, if if I could, I would, because this is, uh, this is everything I would want. It's just a great film camera. It's small. It's beautiful. It's black. Yeah. It's got the, it's got the light meter in there and it's it's got a retro vibe, but it's brand new. So you're the first person to use it and it can be a part of your family's, you know, legacy.
1: Does Leica make any, uh, cameras with a top down viewfinder?
0: No. Okay. I, didn't know I don't think so.
1: I've been looking at those lately. Those are pretty cool.
0: So, anyways, that's the Leica M six, the new old Leica M six. Yeah. That looks like Tennessee right there. Sure does. That doesn't. <laughs> the t- ocean. T- taking yeah. a selfie. He uh he uses the twenty eight Joe Joe Greer's mostly twenty eight millimeter. I've rarely seen anybody use a flash on a Leica and he's using it. Well. His stuff looks great. There is a real kind of Grit and just quality to film. I, I love it. It it really is special. Yeah, and I I love the idea of documenting life with film in particular. It just feels more uh, personal, authentic, and personal. Yeah. And yeah, authentic is a really good word it's for not, it. It. It's
1: not just a sensor.
0: It's like it's tangible and physical.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a real life chemical reaction that's creating an image. It's not just ones and zeros mm-hmm. um, being spit out at you.
0: Yeah, I'm not having to sell you on film. You're a film guy. Yeah. You like film. I do like film. But we don't use it very much.
1: No, I got three film rolls in my room that are um, like half shot. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what shot I left off on either, (laughs) on any of them. So I'm like, do I develop these or just waste half a roll I might have to do that because I just don't know I don't want to over I don't want to shoot over a photo that's already been shot waste
0: yeah that's, that's what happens when you waste the film
1: yeah when you forget what number you're on ah oh.
0: <laughs> people are probably going to just think that like something happened with our computer <laughs> no
1: no, it's the soundboard yeah
0: well thanks again for joining us for another episode of Golden Hour Podcast um, yeah. we'll close this show out by reading a review
1: Oh, let's do that. Yeah, we got, a, we got a nice little review on the uh, Apple Podcast app. Uh, by the way, if you uh, don't mind, leave a review. That'd be much appreciated.
0: I could have swore I saw a new one. Where is it?
1: Bum, 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 bum.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so this one. All right, we got a new review from ZYXWVUTS. Great name, by the way. He must... He or she must be uh, trying to remain anonymous. Yes. (laughs) Love the show in the new co-host format. Keep up the good work. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you, (laughs) Zewitz. Five stars. So yeah, if you use the Apple Podcast Player or Spotify, please leave a review or rating. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Mays.
1: And Connor McCaskill.
0: And we'll see you next week
1: just let this play out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah